anything like that. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Above Par Goal Show. Today's guest is Daniel Young, player on the European Tour and the Challenge Tour, and he's playing this weekend in the Hero Open. How are you doing, Daniel? You all right? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. So thanks for joining us. I know, of course, you've got your, your early tee-off time tomorrow. So uh, first of all, how was today? Have you been out and have you been practising today or has it just kind of been a day of practice um, on the range? What have you been up to today? Yeah, bit of a quiet day today, to be honest. Um, obviously, the pro-am was on. I wasn't wasn't playing that. So, um, yeah, just, just done a bit of practice pretty much most of the day. Kind of went down to the course of sort of late morning and then yeah just had a few hours practice bit of lunch and then came home sort of late this afternoon um to chill out and get rest like you say I've got, got a nice early tea time tomorrow so yeah just a quite nice quiet night before before getting ready for tomorrow yeah you're, you're teeing off the first one about eight twenty, is it yeah eight twenty tomorrow morning yeah yeah so was it a practice round the day before then or have you not had one this week yeah, so I was down there Monday and Tuesday. Um, I played nine holes, played the front nine on Monday morning and then played 18 holes yesterday. So, yeah, seen seen plenty of the course and I've played it quite a few times previous. So it was more just kind of reacquainting myself with the, the golf course and just basically see how it's playing in this time of year and if it's a bit, a bit softer or a bit bouncy than, bouncier than it normally might be. Yeah, how's the weather up there at the moment? How's it looking for tomorrow? The weather's been beautiful um, all week so far. Tomorrow, I think, is meant to be okay as well. But I think the wind's meant to pick up as the day goes on. And then I think forecast-wise, anyway, from Friday onwards, doesn't look particularly pretty. <laughs> Looks <laughs> like the good old Scottish summer is going to catch yep. up with us. Yeah, it's the same down here. Maybe we had like that week and a half or so of sun, didn't we? Then now it's just all gone, all, all gone and it's just yeah, all rain, rain Honestly, I think... I think today um, I was speaking to a few of the foreign guys and they couldn't quite believe it. I think it might have been their <laughs> first time ever wearing sun cream in Scotland. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I mean, do you prefer it like that then? Like, do you prefer to play in the, the kind of hot weather, not hot maybe, but drier conditions or do you prefer kind of that bit of rain and, and weather in there? I don't think anybody likes playing in the rain, to be honest. Well, I don't know. Um, I mean, obviously I think... you're from Scotland yourself. You kind of get used to it sometimes, don't you? Well, that's what I was going to say. I think the, the one thing about that is I, I'm obviously probably a lot more used to it than, than some guys. So I think sort of patience, patience levels and things like that come into the equation a lot more when, when the weather's bad. And yeah, I mean, I certainly don't like it, but it's it's all part of the part of the job and just kind of get your head down, grind away and get on with things when it when it does get a bit a bit ropey. So sure. yeah, it's, it's one of those ones. Obviously, I think everybody would like to like to play in the sun and, and not much wind most of the time. But when you're coming up to a links course, you're, you're never going to get that for four days. Yeah. And you mentioned you've obviously got a bit of experience there then. So, like, how, how many times have you played there? When did you play there? Were you playing there in pro tournaments or is it mainly like amateur stuff when, when you were younger? Or So, no, there was no amateur events actually on there. It's just um, I'm fairly local, well, local enough. It's only 40 minutes down the road for me. So I think it's, it's a good – it's pretty much most of my golf there has actually been through the winter months and um, they like a lot of the courses sort of links golf in the winter it doesn't obviously get as beat up as parkland courses so the course is always in pretty good shape throughout throughout the winter they keep the back tees out and you don't have to use mats so mm -hmm. it's quite good for sort of um, winter golf and, and getting down there and just test yourself on a, a sort of bigger course obviously you'll know yourself down 
down south a lot of the courses go get a bit shorter in the winter the winter months and things like that so it's nice to have a, an option like this to to get down there but I did um I did play in this event last year up at the same venue so it was obviously a little later in the year and um, I think it was mid-October mm -hmm. time last year so it's obviously the weather the weather this year is certainly um much warmer than it was than I, than I can remember last year yeah so did you have like a little walk of the course then are you the kind of guy that will have a walk around the course with the caddy or whatever and and check it all out and make notes and stuff like that or you just kind of fairly laid back just maybe have a practice round and nothing else yeah fairly laid back especially when it's a course i've seen plenty um it's one of those courses where there's no real surprises there's there's maybe only a couple of holes where you kind of you need to watch what you're doing a little bit off the tee and get yourself a bit more bit more positionally um, placed than others but um yeah like i said i've obviously played it plenty i had four four tournament rounds around it last year so i kind of have a rough idea how they how they'll probably set it up as well mm -hmm. um which is obviously a big bonus so yeah um i just kind of like i said played nine holes monday um, and then 18 yesterday and for me that's good enough obviously got i have still have my yardage book that i kind of took out for a reference on on monday and tuesday just to kind of see if there was any any tweaks and things like that to, to change up from last year and I think I'm quite lucky my caddy's actually from the area as well so he he's been up there a few times and knows the course fairly well so I think between the two of us we've we've kind of hopefully got all angles covered yeah I imagine as well it's a little bit of you know you don't want to overthink it at the same time do you you know doing practicing too much and, and getting yourself in a, in a mindset of, of uh, overthinking it really it's just like as you said it's something that you know it's a course that you know you feel comfortable there so why why overthink it 100% I think it's very easy in this in this game to do that from sort of a lot of different um, angles I think it's <laughs> I feel like when whenever you hear guys playing their best golf it's it's just everything's been kept simple and you're doing all the basics basics right so uh, yeah I think it, it could have been or would be very easy to overcomplicate a week like this but yeah I've, I feel like I've sort of prepped myself quite well and so I've done the prep earlier on sort of Monday Tuesday in the week and obviously just took today pretty pretty easy and um, just kind of done a bit of short game and stuff like that and to, to obviously to get everything ready for tomorrow but I think um, yeah I think like you said it for me it's just a case of basically I've got everything I had last year um, and I, I played sort of reasonable around it for four days last year so yeah it's yeah. Um, it's pretty much trying not to overcomplicate. I think is probably the, the plan. So as somebody that knows the course pretty well then and the caddy as well what sort of um, key points have you kind of taken out of the the practice round and, and like the build-up to the tournament what sort of things can we can we expect from the course let's say this weekend? Um, I think it's like any golf course. I think it's very weather dependent. I think if we get the way the weather's been the last sort of two or three days, not much wind, um, and it's been playing, for, it was a bit softer than I thought it would be playing. So I would say if it's going to be like that for the rest of the week, the scoring will be very good. Um, mm -hmm. The greens are pure, so um, it's you'll get a lot of chances and there'll be guys rolling in a lot of putts. So I, I can see the scoring being quite low if the weather's favourable. Um, but then again, on the other hand, if if the wind gets up and we get a bit of rain and stuff like that, it's it's a quirky little course. When the wind gets up, there's 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 holes that go kind of all angles, so you're you're going to be in crosswinds down. You're going to get pretty much every single direction of wind sort of throughout the 
yeah, throughout the 18 holes. So you're going to have to hit some some good shots at certain points to into some some of these crosswinds, obviously to keep the ball in play and things like that. Um, but I think I think for me the most probably I would say I haven't played here a lot. Iron plays probably if the key if you're uh, if you can really get the irons dialed in. Um, for the most part, the greens are quite big, but like I was saying, I think I think to score well um, and if the, if the scoring is going to be as low as it potentially could be if, if we get the the favourable weather, I think your iron play um, would have to be really sort of really sharp to give yourself plenty plenty looks. Yeah, I mean, looking at your your kind of stats as well, especially on the challenge draw. I mean, you were pretty long off the tee. Um, I mean, we've got four par fives I think this weekend as well so are you are you seeing it as a course that you can maybe attack a little bit you said that you, you feel like it might score low depending on the weather are you are you feeling like it's a course that you could attack a little bit or have you still got to kind of find that balance and not uh you know go and make some silly mistakes on there yeah I think so I think you can definitely get um get pretty attack minded especially on the fives there's again there's there's sort of two that go one direction two that go another so you, Let's just say, for example, you'll probably get two of them downwind, two and in, two into the wind. Let's say, so it, it, it's just a case of probably taking advantage of the two that you'll get downwind, um, mm-hmm. and then I mean, it's a par five. You're probably going to get it not too far away from the green in a couple of shots, and even on the into the wind holes. So it's just about probably playing them smart, and and again, giving yourself a couple of looks on the ones that are they're playing a bit more tricky. But I think as from the course as a whole, I think you can definitely be pretty attack minded. There's there's a few shorter for par fours as well that you can you can get at and get after with sort of short clubs wedges and in, into the greens so um there's i mean i think there's probably maybe probably i would say maybe two or three holes that you kind of make you maybe have to be a little more patient patient on and you, you would probably take four pars if you were offered them um mm-hmm. just now yeah and obviously you mentioned there as well, your caddy has got a lot of experience. It's a local course for, for him. So when you're working together, what sort of player are you with your caddy? Like, are you one that wants a lot of information during your round from your caddy? Um, obviously, you know, you experience yourself with the course or is it just kind of like a conversation between the two or do you try to take more his advice over what you should be doing on each shot, et cetera? Yeah, no, I think um, it goes a little bit both ways. So... I've been working with this guy for a few weeks now and we've got quite a good relationship in the way that we kind of just talk through the shot together. And I mean, if he doesn't agree, he'll, with what I'm coming out with, he'll say and then vice versa. So I think, I think communication is massive when, when you're, um, when you've got a caddy out there. So what I found is we've, we've worked really well and kind of bounced ideas and bounced the right information off each other, which is key um, to ultimately then come to the right decision. Um, to to then be able, from my point of view, to commit to the shot fully. So, infor- information wise, I'm not really one that kind of dives too deep into things. Um, we'll obviously, get, for me, it's it's just a case of sort of front number, flag number, and then we'll try and we'll get the wind and sort of come to a number where we ideally we want to land it and sort of how, what the number is playing wind wise to get there. Mm-hmm. Has he added any sort of like added information that? you know, you didn't think of maybe at the start with, again, in terms of his experience here that, that he's kind of, um, you know, said something and you were like, oh yeah, I've not thought about that yet. Just with him having a lot of experience here as well, or have you both been on more or less the same kind of kind of thought process? Yeah, no, we've both been um, pretty much on the same page, to be fair, um, throughout the sort of practice days and throughout the week. Um, we're, 
yeah, like I said, I think for us that or for my from my point of view, the most important part is just to communicate and um, as long as we communicate to each other what we're thinking um, before before I go into the shot, then I think it gives me the best opportunity to then go in and commit to the golf shot. So I think, yeah, there's been nothing, like I was saying earlier, it's it's one of those courses where it is kind of pretty much most in front of you. There's no real surprises that are that will get thrown in. So it's just a case of, again, like you said earlier, just not overcomplicating everything that we're doing this week. Just kind of yeah. come to the, the same decisions and, and keep it pretty simple, to be honest. Yeah. And looking into the, the the putting side of the game now, what do the greens look like this weekend? Uh, again, looking at your stats on the Challenge Tour, I think you actually rank number one for, for putting, so it's obviously something you're very comfortable with. How, how are the greens looking? And are they looking like, again, ones that you can, you're going to be holding a lot of birdies or, or is it going to be a little bit of a mix? I think um, the greens are they're pure, very, very pure up here. Um, the surfaces are lovely. So I think, yeah, I think there'll be a lot of putts hold this week. Um, if I recall last year after this event, there was, I think Lee Westwood was quoted in one of his interviews after the week saying that they were the best greens he'd put on all season. Oh, wow. So for somebody of obviously that caliber to say that, he's he's been playing in majors and stuff like that throughout the course of a year. So I think that just kind of paints a picture of, of how good the surfaces are. Um, they're pretty, pretty generous size-wise, but there's obviously a few... As any links course will have a few humps and bumps to, to yeah. sort of navigate your way, your navigate your way around as well. But yeah, I think as a whole, I mean, if 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 a tour pro was to put on greens like this every week, you certainly wouldn't hear many complaints. Yeah. And in terms of your actual game then with the practice, is there anything in particular that you have worked on with your coach or anything or, or on your own at the range before this tournament? Or do you just try and keep things simple again and just focus on doing what you do, what you do and what you know? Yeah, not nothing really um, specifically for, for this golf course, um, to be honest. I've just been working on a couple of things probably the last maybe three weeks to three to four weeks. I've just kind of trying to be sharpen up my wedge game a little bit and um, sort of inside 100 yards just really get my numbers a bit more a bit more dialed which again like I said earlier I think that's probably an area that could come in handy around here and um, there's a few short fours where we're wedging and um, if you're wedging it good you'll, you'll give yourself plenty of looks as well and like I said you're probably going to be maybe be wedging it on a couple of the par fives that are into the wind as well so um yeah I think they just kind of go hand in hand I mean if I think wedging is pretty important um, in any event, but I think it, it certainly could be um, could be pretty important if you're gonna if you're gonna have a good score for a few days around here. Yeah, and what sort of things have you been doing then to work on that? Any like any particular drills, or is it just one particular area of the wedges that you that you concentrated on? Yeah, nothing, nothing really specific drill wise. Just basically hitting numbers. Really more just feeling and just mixing and matching different numbers. Um, I've kind of got my, my stock numbers, but it's more I've been kind of working on the little in-between numbers that kind of you can get thrown at, mm -hmm. um, obviously, throughout the course of a round. Um, you obviously try and, on, well, like selling par fives and stuff, you, you do try and lay up to a number that you're you're comfortable with, but it doesn't always pan out that way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's I've been kind of just, just working hard on really kind of um, getting the numbers dialed in. Like I was saying, I think... Um, I watched a bit of the golf. Well, it was more, I think it was the open week, and I really, you, you notice guys like Samorakawa just flag high constantly, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. especially with the, the mid, mid to short irons and wedges. So 
I think that's just massive. If you can really, really dial those your numbers in a um in the sort of shorter clubs, you're you're never really if you're hitting it flag high, you're never going to be too far away from from sure. pins. So you're you're going to give yourself a lot a lot of decent looks. Um, so I think I think yeah, if I, that's that's one of the areas I kind of wasn't overly happy with. Probably from I was probably from around eighty yards and then needed needed a bit of tidying up. So I've been been kind of grinding away on that the last few weeks and. Um, I feel like in practice it's been it's been pretty pretty tidy, so I'm I'm happy with the direction it's been going. Yeah, it's an interesting point as well, especially for amateur golfers like myself. It, um, I think one thing that not a lot of them do is is looking at those numbers in more depth, like rather than just getting you stock numbers, it's you know three quarter swing or whatever you want to call it with a pitching wedge or sandwich. You know how how much yardage are you going to get on that, and knowing those individual yardages rather just the stock ones is is really really key and not a lot of amateur golfers do it so what sort of system do you have for that I mean is it just a case of feeling you know if I go 10 o'clock with a club or 11 o'clock with the club then I'm getting x distance or what what other systems yeah. do you use for that yeah pretty much um yeah it's just kind of as basic as you're saying it's more I wouldn't say it's the clock system that, that a lot of guys use but I kind of just go ah sort of half three quarter and full or the sort of three stock ones I'll have with each wedge um and basically my three quarter swing to me is basically just a shoulder swing mm-hmm. so i basically just feel like i'm swinging to my basically just to my shoulder right. and then so it's kind of obviously a bit bit shorter than a full swing so um yeah for these kind of swings for me it's more feel but it's pretty it's pretty basic feelings to me obviously half is pretty much your waist maybe yep. just past your waist for for me but yeah the three quarter one's probably the important one for me it's just kind of basically just getting it to almost my right shoulder and then then sure. turning from there good stuff and go back to you yourself then a little bit so i want to go back to the start with you in terms of how you got into golf and stuff like that so you're from perth originally in scotland and celtic yes. fan right um yes. yeah how, how, how did you fan. get how did you get into golf uh you know what sort of age did you start and why did you get into it so i started when i was around i was probably well you hear all sorts of stories from professional golfers and a lot of the best <laughs> A lot of the top ones seem to start quite young, but I yeah. didn't really start till I was around nine or ten, to be honest. Um, okay. I played. I I did a lot of sports, like a lot of a lot of the athletes do when you're at school and stuff like that. I played football mostly, um, but golf, golf on the side. So it was one of those ones where um, my dad was a golfer and my my granddad was a golfer as well. But for the majority of the time, it was kind of my granddad and the school holidays that got me into. It properly kind of went up um, to our local club um, and yeah he just I would just end up obviously start like most people do just whacking the ball around and trying yeah. to find it and whacking it again and and then um, yeah you just I guess and start to enjoy it a little more and then just kind of yeah you go through the motions I guess maybe got a lesson here and there to to start with a local pro or junior coaching like a lot of, a lot of guys start out with um, so yeah kind of probably a similar path like that just a bit of a later starter um, and then mm-hmm. yeah as as I kind of grew older, just very similar. I played football and golf, and it was kind of mix and match between between the two. And then um, I got to sort of 15, 16, and, and it got to a stage where I was obviously quite good at both. And I ended up having to decide whether which one to kind of which path to kind of go down. I was playing playing sort of professionally football wise at a boys' club as well, the local oh, okay. team St Johnston. So I was playing for them as well as then at this point I was getting picked for the Scotland Academy stuff. Um, for the national team so it was I kind of obviously had to pick and 
at that point decide which which route I was going to go and um, yeah it just turned out I decided to go golf and it that seems to have panned out so far. I was going to say I mean was that a tough choice for you then I mean you, you sound like you're a big football fan was it something tough to give up that? It was at the time yeah I was enjoying my football I still do obviously enjoy enjoy football but it just yeah if I'm honest with you I was probably fairly lazy in the football side of things. <laughs> the the runnings, um, yeah. I what, what I position? What position front. were you? Oh, okay. Yeah, there you I go. played. I played up front. <laughs> and I kind of they tried to get me go to as I got a bit older, sort of between uh, playing striker and left left wing, and yeah, left wing was just too much running for me. So I kind of uh, yeah didn't fancy getting up and down that line for ninety minutes, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I just. Yeah, like I said, it was a difficult decision. I think, I think it was probably I felt like I probably couldn't progress to a sort of high. The let I think golf wise, I don't think you can ever know how good you can get. Mm-hmm. Whereas football, I think you get to a certain level and you see guys around you and you can sure. kind of you can tell. Okay, this guy's going to make it. This guy's probably not quite got it. And I felt I was probably in that category of not quite, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at some of the guys I played with um, in that Saints team and the guys that you thought would make it have made it. So I think I've kind of looked back on that as you get older and, and probably realised it was the right decision, um, to be honest. So it's, it's kind mean, of indicated it's, when you see the, the top guys. I mean, it's great that even at the age of, you said you were about 15 or 16 when you decided yeah. that you were able to make that educated decision because even then you're still, you know, you're still young, aren't you, to go, look, I'm not quite going to make it here in football and and make that crucial decision as, like you said, now is is obviously the right one. Yeah. No, don't, don't get me wrong. I think, certainly at that point as well, I think the golf side of things was, I wasn't a great golfer by any means either. I, there was certainly guys in Scotland um, in the, in the, squad that would that were better than me for sure mm-hmm. um at that age but I just felt like like I was saying you just you can improve in golf constantly and sure. and you never you never really know I guess how good you can get and, and what level you can get at because at that level to be honest I wouldn't have said I had any aspirations to turn pro afterwards I just was in probably like any other kid at 15 16 just to to get picked to sort of be in a squad with your country um and then the next the following year get picked to represent your country i was just enjoying sort of life and golf really and, and enjoying mm. playing golf and enjoying that experience with with some of my teammates at the time um yeah and then obviously as as time goes on you kind of you just basically keep improving I guess and and then suddenly you've you've got some decisions to make as you get a little bit older sure and what sort of handicap were you at then about about that 15 16 when you kind of decided that golf was going to be the thing to to focus on I think I was around scratch um, okay I'm pretty sure I was around scratch when I first yeah scratch maybe plus one when I first got kind of in the in the national set up um so i imagine that made then, probably the decision also a little bit easier doesn't it because if you kind of maybe similar with golf and football and it's kind of like oh which one yeah, am i actually better at uh, i guess when you scratch your golf and maybe it's a bit of an easier decision yeah 100 percent. i think um 
I think so. And I think it was more, I remember going down to sort of St Andrews and the first sort of squad day with, with the guys from all over Scotland. I think there was maybe, let's say, a dozen of us at that point. Mm-hmm. And you went down and it was the first real time. Like I, I'd competed in a couple of national events, but nothing major. Um, and it was my first kind of like eye opener, seeing how good other guys sort of my age or even like the 17, 18 year olds were. And I guess obviously then you quickly aspire to to be, get to their level or, or better. Um, just having, I guess that's just the competitiveness that, that mm-hmm. and all us athletes have in us. Yeah. So were you playing a lot of amateur tournaments then or did you turn pro fairly quickly? Yeah, no. So I, I played quite a lot of amateur stuff. So I basically obviously went through the, the national boys stuff from, from sort of that age, 16, 17, 18. Um, and then I actually went to college in the States. Oh, okay. Wow. So I, I, so I spent four years um, over there at a school called Lynn University down in South Florida. So I spent four years over there, obviously doing the college golf. Um, Perfect place to, I, to play some golf and learn. Yeah, mate, it was, it, was incredi- it was incredible. It really was. It was um, it's a, just a beautiful spot for your golf. Obviously, the weather all year round. So it was, yeah, it's, it's difficult not to, I always say, say to people, I think it's very difficult not to get better going to a place like that. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I think, and I have always said as well, I think for me, it then gave me the platform to turn pro. I, I think, I don't think if I, I think if I hadn't gone to the States, I don't think I'd have probably got to the level I needed to get to, to turn pro. Right, okay. I mean, that's a, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it kind of just screws a player then. And I imagine college golf, it's it's really competitive there in the States. So I imagine that brought Mass- you on leaps and bounds as well. Massively. I, re- I remember, yeah, I remember going out. Um, I actually flew out on my 18th birthday. Um, and obviously you go out and I was... I played boys homes, boys Euros. Um, so I was probably, let's say, top six, maybe boys in, in Scotland at that time. And obviously you go from, I guess, being a big fish in a in a little pond to then being a, a tiny fish <laughs> in a massive pond when you get over there. And I just remember the team, the guys in my team were, they were, I was like a tiny little pale Scottish kid coming over there when I was 18. And, <laughs> yeah. and you were coming up just against these, like, 21 20 22 year olds that were massive like literally hitting at 50 yards by me and I was like oh wow this is someone's got to go here yeah so you, you just you and you just do it. it's proper getting thrown in the deep end you, you, like you're there we had um tryouts to make the team as in like for the tournament team so you basically qualified for that with the five guys and it was it was just like well <laughs> I've been here for two three weeks suddenly you're getting thrown into qualifying against these guys that are hitting a 50 by you. It's, mm-hmm. And it was difficult to compete straight away. So um, I, I remember I didn't make the very first team and then I knuckled down and I, I managed to make the, the, there was one spot available for the second tournament. And I remember qualifying for that. And then I never missed a, another tournament after that for my, in my four years. Um, but yeah, you, you just got to learn quick. You've just got to learn quick. I just figured, well, You've got to suddenly start gaining a bit of length, number one, get mm-hmm. in the gym, get yourself a bit bigger, start to try and hit it a little further so you can, I guess, compete with these guys. But, I mean, it was for me, it was just a massive eye-opener and a case of, wow, you've how quickly you have to learn and, and how good some of these guys were. And I'd, I'd only ever really experienced your 
obviously the top guys in Europe and stuff like that. But yeah, going over, going over there is is a, for me it was a bit of a different kettle of fish. Yeah, I mean it's a good point, and I've talked about this in multiple episodes before, so people are probably going to get me bored of saying it, but. <laughs> it, it's really true because I spoke to a couple of other people that went to college in America to play golf that weren't American. And I've spent a little bit of time in the States. I was coaching football when I was, when I was really young. And I noticed like how competitive the Americans are and how used they are to pressure and how used they are used to like media that they are, as well as what you said about how athletic they are as well at a young age. Um, and if you look at, not even college, like lower than college, high school standard, or even lower than that, they're already yeah. playing in very competitive leagues or competitions. And they're also already been introduced to the media. So the example I always give, I was out there once watching um, sports on, on whatever, a, a TV in a bar. And next minute they put like little league on and it was like nine-year-olds on ESPN playing baseball. Yeah. So not only are they playing in front of crowds on ESPN, they're then doing interviews afterwards. And I think yeah. like they get used to the competitiveness, they get used to the media, the pressure, et cetera, at such a younger age, as well as also maybe being more athletically uh, gifted. And like you said, you come up against maybe somebody like yourself that's not been to the States before. It can be quite a, quite a shock. 100%. I couldn't agree, um, couldn't agree anymore there. I think... It's yeah, like I I just like I didn't even go and visit the school I went to. I just literally it all happened really quickly and yeah, I, I basically just flew out there. The coach picked me up and um at the airport and off I went to the to the uni and basically then seen it for the first time and seen the everything that went with it and for me that was the biggest thing that I noticed early was just the size of everything and like you were saying, the more the size of like these guys coming from high schools and the top excuse me the top high schools um in their areas and some of these high schools have like 30,000 people at a game mm -hmm. or a like a football game or a basketball game or whatever sport it might be like and I mean that's to like coming from Scotland that's just I couldn't get my head on that to begin with I was like yeah you struggle to fill football stadiums up here for top top level teams out with sort of maybe Celtic Rangers Hearts and Hibs everybody else is probably less than 15,000 and these guys were getting more and they're playing in front of crowds that size if not even bigger and they're only 14 15 16 years old yeah um it, it was it was crazy and i think for me as well one of the things i noticed with the golf was and i think i still to this day i think you can it's very relatable as in you can go and watch the pga tour versus the European tour and I think if you were to go and watch the PJ tour you can watch the coverage for two hours let's say and you can see I don't know 20 30 golf swings and let's say like 10 of them are technically like textbook mm -hmm. the rest are a bit all over the map not what you would call conventional etc not what coaches potentially would teach but by God, they can get the ball in the hole. And at the end of the day, that's that's the only thing that matters. Like, they'll go out and shoot 66 every time they play. Mm -hmm. And then for me, it's like you come to, you you watch the European tour and I just feel you would watch 30 swings and probably 26, 27 are probably textbook. Sure. So I think over here... Tech, you, you, you think that's not exactly a good thing? 
I don't. I, I, if I'm honest, I wouldn't. I don't really think it's a good or a bad thing. I just feel like the Americans are just. They're just. They grow up with a golf swing and. Mm-hmm. they're never really taught to change it they're just taught right that's your golf swing let's mold it around there um and they just but they're also more performance based like I, I see over the years and things like that get so many guys get stuck in um a rut being at the range for beating 500 to 600 balls a day mm-hmm. and just working on the technique and then you bring them out on a golf course and like they don't miss a shot in the range but they can't break 75 Sure. Whereas, like, the biggest thing for me in America and my my coach, my first couple of years basically just backed this up was you just score. He goes, he doesn't care how you swing it. It's like, it's black and white. If you're not shooting 60s in the 60s, you're not going to be in my team, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's all that matters, really. Exactly. That is completely all that matters. And I just think they do a massively better job on that side of things over there. Mm-hmm. Um, they they just teach their guys so early how to score and how to go and shoot eight nine ten under par. When when they get it going, there's they just freewheel it and they they there's no holding them back. Whereas again, I guess this is another thing, just UK based. When you're playing all these amateur events, okay, you're playing on these top golf golf courses like the Liberty Trophies and Andrews Links and and all the rest of it, like top top quality links golf courses that aren't easy. I just also think you're always playing Lytham and I mean the times I played Lytham it was pumping 20, 30 mile an hour raining sideways yeah, not very warm so it's like I just feel like the amateur tournaments over here are just a battle an absolute grind mm-hmm. and like level par or one under par more often than not is a very very good score so it's like another thing I found when I went over there was when I did get to the level where I was four or five under after nine holes like my coach was like I'd done a bit of work with him and he was just really like push on push on push on and you get to five go and shoot seven go and shoot eight get to nine just that relentless mentality of just pushing on and 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 that ability to kind of because I I feel like it is a ability when you Mm -hmm. get that low to to then sort of right let's take the reins off and bash on and shoot nine or ten under whereas I think I guess in the UK, guys just aren't used to having to go that low because, sure. like I said, the courses are obviously difficult, but just the weather and stuff like that doesn't ever or doesn't often, shall we say, um, allow somebody to go and shoot a number like that. Yeah. I mean, I just want to jump at that point about the swings because it's interesting. I was listening to, a, I think it was the Sky Sports podcast a couple of months ago and uh, Andrew Coulthard, who's who's Scottish, he was... Yeah. commenting on the the teaching of the the young women in uh, Scotland in particular and he was saying something fairly similar whereby I don't think they're doing it now but up until not long ago they were basically just doing this thing whereby they would teach the girls a textbook swing and it wasn't about okay so let's see what you do right now or or you know how you like to swing or how you feel comfortable and we'll work around that and mold the swing around that it was more like it should be done like this and that's how you do it whereas again what you were saying before about america it's very much like you know whatever works if if it keeps the numbers low on the scorecard it works and that's you know the end of it yeah i think yeah you're, you're right i mean like I, I, if i'm honest with you i'm not 100 sure on the girl side of things in scotland how 
um, it was run and how things went um, along. But I definitely know, it was, and it was before my time, um, you just hear these things obviously being, being around the block and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And you do hear years and years ago that similar, I think, techniques were put in place for, for certain guys in, in certain yeah. setups. Whether it's in Scotland or England, there was. Well, I, I was going to say, I, I imagine it happens in all the UK. Uh, I'm not just saying it yeah, was yeah, Sc- yeah. Scotland. I imagine it no, happens no, no, I, uh, all over. That's what I'm saying. Um, it, it never certainly when I was in the squads, it wasn't the case. Um, we had obviously, I think there was a, we, most of us had different golf coaches, so as well, so that like we weren't just getting taught by by the national coach. The national coaches were there to have a relationship with your coach and basically work together and then improve you and they would know what you're working on when you're on trips and have the areas where where you guys are trying to get better and um, mm-hmm. but yeah I, I've heard similar very similar stories I think throughout the years from from different um yeah from different people that I think that potentially was the case um for for the men's game in Scotland as well um and yeah whether or not I mean it's it's a good thing but I just think yeah you see it in the states and it's just very much built around a golf swing don't get me wrong there are a lot of guys in the states that swing at textbook but i just feel like more often than not you're looking at guys that have a little funky move here or they, they don't quite swing it as you could draw if like the perfect swing essentially most people would probably say adam scott you know what i mean sure. so in that if you kind of go on that basis then like some of well for me a, a dj is a prime example the best player in the world and He's obviously got his bowed wrist and things like that. Yeah. And he's worked on different stuff things over the years. But I mean, there's just so many guys. Jim Furyk is probably your your prime yeah. example. I mean, um, it, it, even if you look at John Ram, who's now the number one, it's yeah, it's mainly down to um, some things that he, some issues he had with his leg uh, since birth, I believe. But he's yeah. still got obviously a very strange swing, if you like, with that short back swing. So it just it just goes to show that you know it's it's it doesn't have to be textbook yeah. for sure. Uh, basically my opinion on it is just these guys are taught to score and how to score from yeah. a young age and well certainly from my perspective growing up that kind of wasn't the case in Scotland um, for whatever reason I'd, I probably I couldn't tell you um, mm-hmm. why that is or why the coaches and the, the guys at B don't I guess push guys into that sort of scenario yeah. more um, but I think as things are evolving, it, it probably it could be in place now. I, I, I don't know. Um, mm. It probably is in place now because I think the knowledge of is obviously in the game of golf and, and for a lot of other things is improved vastly since, since I was a junior and even in probably the last two or three years. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that, that, that's just the way I look at it anyway. <laughs> No, I mean, it's it's a good point because, um, I mean, I'm in a similar scenario now where, again, as an amateur golfer, I'm, I'm having lessons and my personal weak spot at the moment is shallow in the club. So trying to get that club closer to my right hip on, on you know, on the downswing is is what yeah. I'm kind of working on at the moment. And my teacher is is just, you know, very much, it's just simple information. This is what you need to do, but he's not too bothered about how I do it. So he's, you know, we've tried different yeah. drills, we've tried different feels and different movements. And he's saying, look, there's, you know, there's probably 10 different ways that you can get that club to shallow. I'm not going to tell you which one is right, which one is correct. He just says, you know, just do them, try them, 
on the course or or whether it's in the the studio on the range wherever you've got the space to do it and not feel you know uncomfortable trying new things just do it and whatever feel feels good for you whatever works and whatever gets the best results just go with that i think it's all it's all it's all trying to it's all trying to achieve the same thing effectively 100 percent, and i think there's a lot to be said for that and I, i also think that um there is usually a hundred different ways in a golf swing to get into a certain position mm-hmm. and some people might not be able to get into that position because they're more because of their body can't get them in that position so mm-hmm. i think for me that's the other thing it's like you might be able to do a move that i can't in a golf swing and vice versa like i might be able to get my let's say i don't know i might be able to get a bit laid off easier because i've got more more stability or more mobility in my right shoulder or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean like just little things like that and I think as amateur golfers they don't always understand that they go to a coach and a coach will say right this is what you need to do go away yeah. and do it and I know it's obviously only amateur golf but who knows if they could even get it in that position because of their body and mm-hmm. um, their body might not physically be able to get them to that position that can then obviously benefit them um, sure. so it's and that's just one thing I've you learn obviously over the years in golf it's just picking up on little things like that and know, knowing what your body can and can't do as well as I sure. think is just as important as knowing knowing your tendencies in a golf swing yeah 100% so I mean you touched on obviously the college golf there in America so one thing you would try to do to to get yourself prepared for that was to maybe get to the gym and, and work on your distance and then in terms of going to play on like the challenge tour and then now on on the European tour as well what sort of uh, changes if any did you kind of make to then you know get yourself ready for that next stage or level if you like of your golf career yeah so I think <laughs> My career has just been very sort of gradual. It's like I was saying, when I first sort of started to get picked for the, the Scotland boys team, I was probably at the very bottom end of things in, in that regard. And then just kind of improved steadily until getting picked for sort of the, the Europeans, which is only six guys. My last year as a boy, college, every year just kind of kept improving and then finished college. I, I stayed amateur for a year. And I won a few amateur events in Scotland, won and a big amateur, won the South African amateur and over there and got to the final of the Scottish Am um, over here. So it all just kind of kept gradually improving and ticking boxes, I guess, to, yeah. to prove and to show you were moving in the right direction. And then it got to the point where I just felt I was obviously confidence was growing through these sort of winning events and obviously playing well. Um, so I, it just got to a point where I was like, I, I just feel like I would be silly not to give the pro ranks a go. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I was at a level where I could definitely compete and, and give it give it a run. So I just felt it would probably have been a regret. I would have maybe looked back on it later in life if I didn't turn pro um, with a bit of regret and, mm-hmm. and just look back and go, why didn't why didn't I give that a run kind of thing. So for me, that was kind of, I guess, as well, one of the reasons I did it. I just thought I've, I've got to the stage where I'm at. And it's been similar as a pro. I've just gradually sort of improved um, every year um, as a pro. So my, my stats, um, I do my stats throughout um, 
with a Scottish guy um, called Graham Leslie through Golf Data Lab, it's called. And I've done my stats with him for years and years throughout the, my amateur days and stuff like that. And every year, I've just, just statistically got a little better in, in areas. Trending. Um, yeah, just trending. And it's just like, I mean, it's little tiny percentages here and there. It's nothing mm-hmm. major, obviously, but it's just like, I mean, it's the old thing in golf. If you can get 1% better in this area um, over a year, I mean, that, that can equate to potentially half a shot, a shot around, yep. which then adds up to two, between maybe two and four shots a tournament, which is massive. Yeah. So it's difference. just, it's 100%. So it's just these little things. And I think it's, if you can just kind of keep doing doing what you're doing. And, and I'd spoken to, when I was turning pro, I'd, I'd spoken to a few guys that I know that had turned pro and a couple of guys that were, are still pros and a couple of guys that hadn't obviously worked out for. And kind of the biggest thing I took away from the different difference uh, different opinions was don't change for the sake of changing like you see a lot of guys turn pro or they get to the european tour very quickly and they're like oh i need to change coach i need to do this i need to do that but it's like yeah well you've got to the level you're at through doing what you're doing you're obviously doing the right things you're you're obviously got a coach that's working for you it's just a case of keeping everything as simple what we're talking about keeping everything as simple as possible and just not changing for changing's sake and i just think there's a lot of people that can get suckered into that side of things and and it can almost ruin a golfer before they really get started as well yeah it's funny actually i had this conversation the other day and i always relate it to football because you ever see a team that comes up from say like the championship in england to the premier league they well occasionally they'll just change everything they change the assistant manager they'll sign 10 new players and then they go straight back down and everybody's like well you know why did that happen and you should never change too much of what's working and I don't know maybe a bit of them they just kind of panic when they get to that level they feel like they need to all of a sudden find an even better coach or an even better whatever whatever it is that's the thing and yeah from my point of view it's just a case I've kept most of my things the same. I've added a little bit, little extra people along the way just to mm-hmm. try and obviously help help keep keep moving forward. So sure. um, it's de- definitely not stand still, but I think be aware of what you're doing. And I guess if it gets to the point where it's not working and it's things are maybe a bit stale, then potentially mm-hmm. you can obviously maybe freshen things up or look elsewhere or get a second opinion on, on whatever your snc or your swing or your i don't know whatever whatever part of the the puzzle that you feel like it might benefit you in sure well daniel listen it's been a pleasure uh talking to you and meeting you today thank you for coming on and obviously it's a home event ish for you in scotland yeah. so have you got have you got your family and friends coming out for the for the tournament yeah i've got a few guys coming out um over throughout the week so yeah that's it'll be nice to have fans back and yeah um especially scottish fans it'll be yeah so it'll be yeah i'm looking forward to having friends and family um come out i think it's probably the trying to think it's probably about my first certainly european tour event where where that's been the case in in this country get get family and friends out to to watch so yeah hopefully i can put on a good show for them over the next few days for sure man and for anybody that wants to find you on social it's uh daniel underscore young 23 on twitter and then Daniel Young 91 on Instagram. And uh, yeah, I wish you all the best tomorrow and uh, I hope you do well.
Perfect. Thanks very much, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks Great for having me. Great talking to you, mate. Thank you, mate. Cheers.